the question to ourselves should be how much do I need to pay until I can let go of this, until I can understand how much of this is actually my responsibility and I can make a change or how much of this is not my responsibility and I couldn't do anything about it. I need to accept it. Welcome to Find Joy with Joanne podcast. I am your host, the confidence and visibility queen, Joanne Chan. I am a self-made entrepreneur who went from a nobody to receiving an outstanding leadership award on stage in Dubai and named as a successful person in my home country and speaking on stages all over the world, both virtually and in person. Now, I am on a mission to share what I have learned and what I have done to build my brand and business from scratch and to empower other coaches, leaders and entrepreneurs do the same to help you build your confidence, visibility and authority to make an impact in the world with the meaningful work that you do. Whether you are new to the business world or feeling unsure about public visibility or you want to be seen and heard in a way that doesn't feel icky but authentic to you, my signature mentorship program, Confident Visibility and Authority Accelerator is designed to help coaches, consultants, leaders, entrepreneurs, aspiring speakers to overcome visibility fear, to confidently brand themselves and set themselves up as the authority in their industry. You will learn my tested roadmap that is not one-size-fits-all that supports many business models so you can become visible in the world in your own unique way and show up as the confident entrepreneur you have always dreamed about becoming. Our mentorship weaves together personal development, alignment practices, and modern business strategies. You will do the inner work, strategic development work, energetic work, and get implementation support to clear any blocks in order to up-level your visibility, confidence, and authority to work with more clients and to attract more opportunities. To learn more about the program and see if you're a perfect fit, visit the link www.joyanchan.com forward slash CVAA. Again, that is www.joyanchan.com forward slash CVAA. You can also find the link in the show notes below. And every Wednesdays, we are giving you access to the world's best and brightest minds of business in their fields on our show every Wednesday. Listen in as these leaders impart their wisdoms, inspiration, and stories to empower you to live and lead a life with joy. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. After a long trouble life experiencing childhood trauma, sexual abuse, a failed first marriage, time in prison, anxiety to bring him to the age of attempting suicide in 2010, but he was able to defy the odds and overcome his life's challenges. His hero's journey began 12 years ago using his life lessons, Buddhist practice, ancient philosophy, and modern strategies. He started looking for what he wanted further and began traveling the world to find a missing link until arriving in the high Andes in Peru, where he discovered a 3,500-year-old shamanic practice that radically changed his life forever, giving him the missing link to not only help himself grow and finally heal, but also to able to use what he learned to help anyone who crossed his path. He's a husband, a mentor, a leadership coach for Tony Robbins and a practitioner of Indian shamanism. Originally from Italy and now lives in Melbourne, Australia with the love of his life. He's here today to empower you to change your life and find your bliss by combining modern strategies with ancient practices and philosophies. So guys, help me in welcoming the life artist Rodolf the Angeli. 
Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I, I often look in the back, you know, because I'm like, who is she talking about? That is not me, you know. That can't be me, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful to meet you, Joanne. And I, um, I, it's an honor to be here. And I look forward to serving you, your, your audience. And, uh, yeah, have a great time with you. Thank you. I love your energy. And um, yeah, you are so right because it's not who you are anymore, right? Because when you talk about your past, so I would love to dive deep, dive straight into your, your story. So, you know, when I was doing my research, reading about your reading about you and your story is just mind-blowing and heartbreaking and indeed inspiring. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us, first tell us, me and my listeners, what did you have to go through in order to become the man you are today? Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I love to share that story for sure. And yet, you know, it's it's quite it's quite um, it's quite a, a funny thing now because I have been away from social media since um, probably about June last year um, because I was going through a, another transition, uh, uh, a transition that I didn't see coming, but all of a sudden I was in the middle of it. Um, and so for me, a lot of the things that I, uh, thought I knew, believed values that I had all of a sudden started to change. Not, I wouldn't say dramatically, but definitely changed. And so for me is, uh, you know, it, it required for me to step away and really integrate that new story, perhaps the more real story that ever I had, because now I was able to actually get the full story of my life. Uh, when I talk about this is I talk with my relationship with my mother and where a, a lot of things happen. And so today, I'm, you know, I just started coming back online. I haven't yet no, no Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, nothing like that. But I started to come on podcasts where, where I'm invited to or perhaps I find, you know, I could bring some benefit and and so I'm I'm really uh, with you and your audience. I'm actually as I speak, I'm integrating, helping myself integrate into this new version of me, and perhaps the version that I want to become now. And so, to respond to your question, my story started 54 years ago. I'm 54 years old, and <laughs> and. Um, yeah, and um, when I was six months old, my mother decided to give me to foster parents, and so I uh, I grew up with with three different foster parents plus uh, my uncle and auntie in in, uh, in Italy. I'm originally from Italy, but my parents migrated to Switzerland, and that's where I was born in 1969. And so I was away from home until 11 years old. So I didn't have. I knew who my parents were because they would come often and pick me up for a day and, you know, spend some time. But, you know, for me, they were just people. They were not my mom and nor my dad. And so it was a big struggle until 11 years old. And then all of a sudden I was called to come home again to, for me, a new family, right? Yes, they were mother and father, but I I didn't know them. So for me, it was like, okay, I got to start to fit in again. So my biggest part of my life was trying to fit in, right? Trying to survive, trying to be loved, trying to become a person 
that is worthy to be loved, right? Which, which over time I created a lot of trauma because I became a people pleaser, right? For, for, for the sake to be seen and loved and accepted, I would just say yes to everything and everyone, right? But obviously, you know that, that what that causes is for you to just lose yourself. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you, are, you are left wandering the world without real goals nor destinations. And that's not just an outer destination, but, even, but also an inner spiritual destination, right? And so when I, when I, moved, when I moved back home, when I, when I was called to go back home, Eventually, I got sexually abused by one of my family members, my cousin, and which created a, a further trauma because even though I was just little, but for many, many years, until 40, I was always kind of doubting myself if I ever could be a man because as a man, I should be able to protect myself, right? Yet only through my last 12 years of my journey, the life artist journey, and I will explain to you and your audience what for me the life artist is and means. Um, it was only on the only over the last 12 years that I could embrace what happened. And I understood that even though I wanted to um, defend myself, I didn't stand a chance. I was a little boy towards a man. And so I had to accept and let go of the you know, me trying to control and making myself responsible for something that happened, right? And so I moved in, eventually I moved out at 19 years old. So I stayed with my parents only for eight years. And I met a, a woman and eventually we, we got married very young. I was 23 and she was uh, 21 years old. But the unfortunate part is that she married a person who was very scared, was unauthentic, didn't know what a man was because he never was led by a man. And because my father was jealous and possessive, I became the same. And so my marriage broke up after four months. I uh, walked into a room where we went, we went in a holiday with other friends and those friends had, a, had their, an own friend that came there and my wife... I found my wife with this guy after four months uh, of our marriage. So our marriage broke apart. And um, I think from that moment on, my, my life took a different turn. And so what, what I decided then was, well, me being, you know, quote, unquote, a nice guy, pretend nice guy, because I really wasn't. I was scared and I wanted the attention. Um I thought to become the opposite, to become rebellious, very hard, emotionless, and get in trouble a lot. And so I made some bad decisions, which eventually got me into prison for some time. From there, I eventually came out and was homeless for two, two and a bit months. Um, and then there was, a, there was a moment where a few things happened that opened the door for me to, for a thought. And the thought was, well, if I leave everything behind and start fresh somewhere else, for me, the somewhere else was here in Australia, then I have the chance for to do it differently or, or perhaps to leave everything behind, all the pain, all the trauma, all of the things, right? 
And so eventually in 2003, I decided to leave Europe for Australia. And um, Joanne arrived here for a one year. The first year was absolutely amazing, right? I, I arrived here, I got a job. The weather was beautiful. I had a, an amazing house. I, uh, I was living in my backyard was, uh, was a golf course. I, like I, you know, it was like, well, it was like a dream, right? And I remember probably about close to a year later, I remember it was a beautiful summer day, summer night, actually. And I was at my house and I, I think I was watching TV or whatever, but I was, I wanted to go to bed. And so I switched off the TV and, and I, you know, I looked outside. I'm like, wow, this is a beautiful summer night. It was really warm and and so I decided to walk out onto the the golf course and you know and just lay down on the grass. And when I went to the golf course, I went where the flag is, you know, the, the, the putting green, right? And uh and I laid down on the grass and I had the flag touching my head. And so I was watching, looking upwards, and the flag was up here, right? And Within myself, I thought I made it, right? Uh, I am, you know, I'm free from everything. I escaped everything, left everything behind, and and I'm free. I'm I made it. And I think that was the, I think that was the the moment where what I believed was a nightmare before that became terrifying because all of a sudden I realized that no matter where I was traveling I always travel with myself and so even though I wanted to leave everything behind life doesn't work that way and so I felt that life gave me the bill it's like when you go to a restaurant you eat you drink you have fun you have dessert and at the end you can't leave you gotta pay the bill right and so for me, I, I felt that life gave me that. Okay, you did all of these things in Europe and now you've got to pay for them, right? You're not escaping. You ain't going nowhere. Right? You've got to man up. You've got to, you've, got to, you've got to do the work. And so I resisted a lot, obviously, because I wasn't ready. Also, I didn't know how. And, and so depression and anxiety started to rise very very high very strong very very overwhelming um until 2010 where after a few months of contemplating one night a thursday night i went into my garage and i set set everything up and um and i wanted to end my life but i um I guess I was waiting for the right moment, you know, and I was sitting on the ground, on the floor and uh, waiting for this perfect moment for me to end my life. And I remember I, I, there was a moment where it felt right and I got up the floor and, and there was a window of, on the back of me, a big window that looked at my house and they couldn't see in, but I could see out. It was like a mirror glass, right? And on the other side, I see my wife. My wife was watching TV. And I wanted to farewell, say goodbye, you know. And at that moment, she just laughed. She just 
laughed very, very hard. You know, she was watching TV and something was really funny. So she laughed. And so for me, something happened. A thought came into my mind that said, there has to be more to life than misery. Right? There was the moment of realization. Hang on a second. What is going on here? Because I want to end my life, but she's having a very good time. So there has to be more to life than this. And so, Joanne, I think the last 12 now, you know, coming into my 13th year was the journey for me to get the answers, but also heal and get my story straight and, you know, start to really take responsibility for my life rather than always blaming everybody else in the world. Um, so yeah, the last 12 years have been quite a journey. Um, and, um, we used to have a construction company and quite successful construction company. And, um, you know, on my journey, when I started the healing process, my first step was, um, you know, I found Tony, Tony Robbins through a quote, everything, you know, serendipity, everything just happened. You know what I mean? When the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Right, right, right. And so I read this quote that said, if you do what you have always done, you will get what you have always gotten. And that for me was really enlightening because I realized I wanted my life to be different, but I never did anything about it, you know? And um, I didn't know Tony. I didn't know anything about him. And I remember reading a little bit and going online, researching a little bit. I remember asking my wife, and I said, do you know this Tony Robbins guy? Have you heard about this guy? And she said, yeah, I think I think it's like a, it's an American dude. And I think he's like a speaker, motivational speaker. And you know, Joey, and something happened at that moment. For the first time in my life, I said, do you think he can help me? See, it was that moment of realization, which is very important in life. The moment I realized I cannot do it myself. You know, is there someone that can help me? Not, is there someone that can do it for me, but is there someone that can help me do it? See, and that's a, ma- a huge, huge difference, right? We, we oftentimes hear of people that want to change, yet they wait for someone to just change it for them or something that would just change it. And that doesn't work, doesn't exist. We have to do the work, right? And so very soon after the next door opened up and he had an event in Sydney. And so we went to the event right away. I think it was a week after or something like that. And it was amazing. It really transformed my life and did a lot, a lot of good. And I, um, my, my business took off. My business went to seven figures. We employed 40 people. You know, we were like money, everything. I was feeling really good. I'm like, oh my God, you know, uh, this is brilliant, right? But then about a year and a half later, I started to feel really anxious again and really kind of, everything was kind of going backwards again. And I remember, you know, asking my coach at the time, say, hey, this is happening and uh, please help me. I don't want to go back because it feels even worse than it used to feel. And so... She helped me with different things, but nothing was working, you know? And I realized, you know, Joanne, the moment you realize, okay, this person got me from there to here, 
but will not be able to get me from here to there, right? And so one day driving to work, I hear a podcast and that podcast was talking about shamanism. And again, you know the moment you hear something and you, and you know exactly that is the missing link. Yeah. That is exactly how it was. I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to this guy talking and in my soul, I'm like, wow, this is me. This is what is missing. I need to do that. And so I embarked on another journey, which was very, very powerful, very, very challenging. Um, and eventually got me to travel back and forth from you know Australia to Peru and, and continue my work. And eventually you know, getting taught this, this beautiful art and, and practice. Um, and today, working with people, I realized that, you know, coaching or, or, or similar practices like that, they work, but they work a little on the inner journey, but predominantly the outer journey, right? Yet when we go and look for something to achieve, yet we are not 100% home, what happens is the achievement only fills a void. And so we constantly go from one achieving to another, to another, to another, to another, just to feel that feeling that we crave so much. And what that causes, though, is for us to spin our wheel constantly and never being happy, never being fulfilled. It's always the next thing, the next shiny object. Then you see a friend or someone online or whatever. It's like, oh my God, I need that. You know, it's that constant, endless search for something that is not there. Where shamanism is the opposite. You know, it really brings you home and allows for you to set a goal that is not there to fill the void, but is there to represent who you are as a human. And that is a beautiful journey because now you're working with integrity, you're working, working with authenticity, and that thing is not there to make you feel a certain way, but it's just a way to you express yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so in 2018, we went into a business venture and the business venture didn't go well and after a court case and, and and stuff like that we lost all our money we lost all our business we had to let go of everybody um and two days later my wife was diagnosed with cancer wow right so now life what did life do elevated everything brought us in a place of serenity peace but also wealth but then all of a sudden took everything and it was like, okay, you have learned a lot, but do you know what you have learned? How will you put that into practice? You know what I mean? It was a very humbling moment because as a man having a, a, a you know, an unwell wife and having no money, the inner battle starts to go. The voice in your mind starts to talk. Yeah. So for me, it was all about, staying in that trust, staying in that faith that I will find the way to get through this, even though it will be challenging, but 
also my life will never be the same and also i will never go back to construction i will now what i will use for our own family i will now i am now prepared to share with others and so my approach to working with people today is a combination of modern and ancient so people get to achieve their goals but become the person who will achieve it and so it's not to go there to fill a void to fill a certain way but it is actually an expression of who they are becoming as people and that is you know watching and and, and seeing the 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 results of the people that i am blessed to serve is 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 like watching my journey constantly evolving you know what i mean because the journey never ends yeah. you know i am i am not ahead of anybody i am just walking my own journey you know what i mean yeah. and that never ends so we we got to stay humble we always got to know that we don't know anything yes you know because we might, we might think we know something but then life can just turn everything around and then you understand how small we really are right yes. we are part of the collective we are not the one unit yes we are a unique part of the collective but we can't step outside of the collective we have to stay within otherwise everything will go you know uh will not go the right way you know what i mean and they inflate everything like that yeah i love everything you just say many people i believe many people you know it's my observation many people today are trying to escape from life you know and i was also one of those people in the past you know i was and i couldn't agree with you more whether that is distracting ourselves through drinking partying social media you know traveling or anything that helps to distract ourselves or numb ourselves to numb our pain or drugs, you know. Um, so what do we need to do? What do we need to know first? What do we need to know? And how do we really live a life that we don't need to escape from? That is the question. You know, the Buddha teached many lessons 2,500 years ago. And it was only when I started to practice. I'm a Buddhist as well. So, um, but it was only when I started to practice shamanism that I understood Buddhism. And when we don't like something, we want to run away. We want to push it away. The moment we do that, your suffering, if your suffering was a number six, your suffering will go up to 13. Because now you're trying to push something away that is there for a reason. And so rather than drink it away or push it away or run away or hide away or anything like that, that is the moment we got to stop. We have to face it. We have to see it. It's the moment we understand what that pain is, is the moment we can turn, we can, rather than run away, we can start to give pain so much love to turn it into happiness. Okay, but how do we do that? How do we turn pain into happiness? Right. You have to accept the pain for what it is. You have to understand what the pain is about. Okay, the moment I understand, it's like if you and I would watch a horror movie, right? And we put down the lights, put up the volume, everything is nice and dark, big ski, you know, TV, and now we're going to put horror movie on, and when when some, you know, whatever it is, like a like a 
whatever the character is, you know, the scary character, when that comes out, the music goes up and, you know, you get frightened, right? But now imagine, imagine that at the end of the movie, we're going to put the movie back and now we're going to watch it again. Okay. And we're going to watch it again. Now, perhaps we might still get scared places because we don't have the right timing out. We still don't know 100%, but it's definitely going to scare us less than the first time. Now, when the movie finishes, we put it back again. And now we're going to turn on the lights. And then we're going to watch it again. Now, while our timing is better, now it's light, it's bright. Will that movie scare us still? Mm, maybe a little bit. Cool. When we finish the movie, we put it back, and now we're going to take the volume down. There's no volume, there's lights, and there's now, we have still the movie running. Now, will we get scared? No. Right? That movie didn't change. What happens is our awareness is now on point. So, on our own traumas or fears and things, we are often scared because it's loud, it's dark, and we all and we don't want to look. Right? Yet when we understand what the monster is, for me it was abandonment. For me it was, you know, believing that my parents didn't love me. For me it was sexual abuse. For me it was um you know, the betrayal of my first wife for me was so many different things. It was scary. But when I stopped running and I sat, I could see, okay, in, in my abandonment, in my sexual abuse, I didn't have anything to do with that because it was out of my control. But everything else from there, I was in control and I made some decisions. And also... Instead of running at 41 and I stopped running, I started to take responsibility for my whole life. So what I mean by that is if I, if I am 40 years old and I'm still blaming and suffering for something that happened when I was 5 or 10 or 15, yes, the story happened, but I am 40 years old and I am now deciding to suffer. I'm still deciding to suffer. So the question to ourselves should be, how much do I need to pay until I can let go of this? Until I can understand how much of this is actually my responsibility and I can make a change or how much of this is not my responsibility and I couldn't do anything about it. I need to accept it. Because see, people always want to forgive everybody else. But what about us? When are we forgiving ourselves for having put us, ourselves through so much pain? Again, Joy, and I'm not saying the trauma didn't happen. My abandonment happened. My sexual abuse happened. My wife was with someone. That happened. That, that, that is 100% that is happened. But how much do I need to pay for that? When is it okay for me to say, Rodolfo, you know what? Cool. Let me understand. Where is my responsibility? Where is not my responsibility? And now let's move on. Let's take the lessons from all of this. 
I called my my ex-wife 25 years later. I called my ex-wife and I said, hey, remember me? I am really sorry. I am really sorry because I know she was a good person, but she married someone who wasn't marriage material. And so what she did wasn't right, but I understand why. She wasn't getting what a 21, 22-year-old woman married and all of that should be getting, right? There was no affection. There was, there was nothing, right? And so someone came along and there's a moment of weakness and things happen. Again, are they right? No, but they can happen. And so if I see my responsibility within that, instead of, instead of keep put, putting the finger, I now take responsibility and apologize for my, for my side and give them the chance to apologize for that. And at that moment, the energy vanishes, right? And so we can only do that if we stop. We can't do that if we keep running to alcohol, drugs, uh, porn, or travel, or constantly things. Ain't going to happen, right? Why do people often, more often than not, feel anxious at night? Because they can't run. They are in bed now. There's no job. There's no uh, training. There's no nothing. There's no other. There's nothing. Everything is finished. Now you're in bed. You can't go nowhere, right? That's the anxiety comes on and says, hey, remember me? There is something you need to do. Don't look away. Don't look away. Look at me. I'm, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to tell you, you need to make some changes. You need to take responsibility, perhaps, or you need to do whatever it takes because I am just a feeling. I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to tell you that I love you and you need to stop and do something about it. The tablet ain't going to solve the problem. The tablet is only going to numb the part of you that is actually tries to heal tries to transcend. And so with shamanism, you cannot escape, right? The the practice that I practice is very powerful. It's very different than Reiki. It's very different than anything like that is a very ancient uh, practice that will demand your attention. And as much as it's loving and caring, it's also very confronting. Yet if we want to heal, if we want to move forward in life, if we want to to become who we were always meant to be, you can only do that by by embracing everything that you are. And you will know that many people try to embrace only the light. I want to be light. I don't want darkness, shadow. No, no, no. That's not mine. It's my parents. It's my ancestors. It's my past lives. The more we make something a third party, you will lose the battle because now you have an invisible enemy. The way we feel is because of us. We have darkness as much as we have light. The moment we embrace that, we become whole. The moment we don't want one part and we neglect or push that part away because we we are scared, we have a hole. 
That hall is here. What we need to do is come together. That's why the life artist means the person who can take everything that life has given, the shadow and the light, use them as colors to create a masterpiece. If I take parts of my life away, there will be a missing part of me. If, if that painting in the back there, I take a part of that because maybe I don't like what, what the shading or what the artist has done. If I take that away, that painting will be broken. That painting is beautiful because it's whole. And, and life is the same thing. We are all beautiful because we are whole. If we cut away a part of ourselves, there's no us anymore. Yeah, It's only a part of us. That is such a beautiful description. You know, the life artist, that's why, you know, why you call yourself the life artist and you just explain it so beautifully to us. You know, um, life is a painting that you need the light, you need the shadow to make yeah. a beautiful piece of, you know, artwork. And now I want to ask because, you know, you mentioned about taking responsibilities and it's a huge part of what Tony Robbins, you know, is teaching is all about, like taking personal responsibilities. But how about, you know, like, for example, child trauma, you have to go through something really terrible, sexual abuse in your case, you know. And how do you take personal responsibility? Because you didn't, it's not your fault, you know. You are the victim. Right. How do you be responsible for that? Absolutely. That's a brilliant question. The responsibility part is the moment where I decide now I will not, and now I allow myself to heal and I will move forward. That is the responsibility we can have about something that we are not responsible for. I wasn't responsible from sexual abuse, but I am responsible to let myself go from that. See, I have two options. I can stay with the pain and wish it never happened and blame the person for me to not living my life. Or I embrace what happened, understand that nothing happened it didn't happen because of me, but also I could not do nothing about it, but I can now. And so this is the decision I will make. I will forgive myself for having put myself through for 20, 30 years for something that happened when I was 11. Okay. This is my responsibility to see my involvement in why I'm still suffering and then forgive the person who has done whatever. And if we can, that's what I did, is understanding or trying to understand why that person might have done what it's done. Okay? I always talk about a sphere. People want to talk about two sides. One is brown, one is yellow. Two sides. If we see the world in two sides, will there be always one right and wrong? That's duality, right? With duality, it's always going to be it's always going to be a problem because you will choose one side and you will give your life to defend that one side. Okay, it's like if I say to you, Joanne, I have two flowers. I got a red flower and I got a white flower. Which one do you like the most? Or let me ask better, which one would you would you be more happy to receive, red or white? Red. 
Hey, beautiful. But if I give you white, what happens then? I will be upset. A little bit upset, right? But now, what if you can see the flower? Not the color, oh. the essence, the flower. Yeah, yeah. It's still right. a flower, right? It's a flower, right? It doesn't matter if it's red, blue, green, whatever it is. It's the essence, right? It's the same in people. This person, this person. But what if we see the person? See? Last year, I went to Europe, okay? Last year, I went to Europe because my mom is older. She's 89. And through the pandemic and everything like that, she was very lonely. She would say to me, very lonely, not much interaction with people, very lonely, can't go anywhere, this, that, the other, right? And my mom and, my mom and me connected, reconnected in, in 2015, only eight years ago, because I decided that if I, see, we always have to look further than ourselves. When I realized that my wife now, Grace, the only way for her to have the husband she deserves is for me to repair my relationship with my mother. Why, why is that so? How, do you, how did you come to that realization? If I have a resentment for my mother, which is the most sacred woman in, in life, right? How will I give myself fully 100% to my wife? If there is some resentment and something that I'm still holding on towards my mother, guess what my wife is going to get? Not 100% of me. So for me, it was like, I love my wife more than anything. I would kill and be killed for her. But to do that, I need to become that person which I am not at the moment, back then. And so in 2015, after some conversation with my mom, I brought my mom here to Australia and we spent nearly six months together and a lot of talking, a lot of talking, a lot of talking and healing and healing and healing. And, you know, the last seven years were amazing. But my mom lives in Italy. I live in Australia. We've been closed down for three years. So I didn't see my mom many times. And the most times I saw my mom was through Skype. And so my mom said to me that she was very lonely and she was, you know, very affected and so on and so forth. My mom was turning 89 last year. And so Grace and I, my wife, had a bit of a contemplation and said, okay, what about we leave here, we leave Australia and go to Europe for quite some time, maybe three, four months, figure everything out, what we can do, perhaps come back here, sell everything and live in Italy and get my mom to live with us. Beautiful, right? And so we did. We left in May. We closed up the house. We went to Italy to spend time with my mom and put this plan together. Yet 10 days at my mom's house, not half an hour on Skype, but one week, 10 days with my mom every day, all day in a very small little apartment 
Guess what happened, Joyam? I got to see who my mom was. Really? Not in holiday, not for a moment, not for a party, not for anything like that, but living together in a small little space. And you know, I found someone that I didn't know. I got confronted with my childhood at 53 years old. I understood why she gave me away. I understood who she was as a human. And it was very big trauma. My mother was a narcissist, is a narcissist, very controlling, very manipulative. If she gets her way, great. Otherwise, she will tear you apart. So when I was little, she didn't have time. It's not because she wanted to do whatever, because like she told me six, seven, eight years ago, but it was because she didn't have time for me. She wanted to live the good life because she grew up as a princess at home. The parents used to call her princess and everything was about the status quo. And so children would just not give her the attention that she needed or wanted. And so she decided to push me away. Okay. And so when you realize all of that, now what do you do? Red flower or white flower? What about I see the flower? And so for me, I could have resented my mother. I could have got into anger, into judgment, into wishing she was different. Or, which is what I did eventually, accepting her for who she is. Not what she is, but who she is. And she's my mother. No matter what. I don't have to accept what she does. Matter of fact, we came back home and we're not going to spend the rest of her days together, obviously. But I now know the story. And I can now decide, do I want to take that with me for the rest of my life and suffer? Or am I just going to focus on the essence, my mother? I am here because of her. And that will always be respectful and always honored but I don't have to accept what she is or how she believes life should be, right? She believed I was the servant. I should do nothing and I should just be with her 24 seven. If I don't do that, she will name calling and manipulate and all of that stuff, right? So I think the moment we see the things for what they are, is the moment we can set ourselves free, starting with ourselves, embracing the shadow, embracing the light, put them together, don't throw nothing away. And when needed, slow down. And if the horror movie is scary, watch it again and again, and again, until there is no monster. Because now we understand the essence of that monster. And now we can decide what are we doing with it. I have two choices. I can be angry, upset, resentful, or I can just see what it is and move on. So, you know, you, you mentioned about watching the horror movie, and I love that metaphor because it's so 
it's so you know it's so rare that it's the first time that I'm hearing it. Um, the metaphor of playing the horror movie and just turn on the light or you know decrease the volume. But what if people keep playing the trauma, the stories over and over and over again in their head, and that's why they couldn't get rid of it. So how would you say about that? Mm-hmm. Well, you see. The story is a funny thing because the story is created the moment something happened, right? And the story is our first way to cope with whatever happens, right? And we adjust the story for us to be able to cope with it. Yet, if you look, if something happens today and you create a story around what happened today and that story will help you cope with it and move on a little bit just so you can live with yourself and you are keeping that story for the next 10, 20, 30 years, if you compare the two stories, the original and the 20-year-old one, 10-year-old, 5-year-old, whatever, those stories seem similar but are not because the story changes as you change. Because you eventually evolve. Everybody evolves, right? Even if someone suffers, but they're still evolving. And so for that story to have the same impact to help someone cope, the story has to evolve a little bit as well. And so when we tell ourselves a story, let's ask ourselves, what is that story that we are telling ourselves, right? What is the story? What has that story done? Is that story real? Why is it a lie? What is the real story? See, the story is always a lie. Because the story is created for us to cope. And so we will manipulate the story to help ourselves get through something. Usually the story is not 100% true. Why? Because if you're living in a world of yellow and brown... You will never know the story. You only know one side. But what if your story is a sphere? What if your story is a sphere and now instead of looking one side, the other side, now you can see the story from everywhere. Now that story is true. That is true. And now you can decide what you're going to do with it. If your life is not the way you want it to be, you got to change the story. you got to do something about it. Or you got to take a decision. That is why I say as much as, you know, the work I do with Tony and all of that, and I find in what he does is the best at it, Yet that doesn't work. Sorry to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's great. It's great for a short period of time. Have you ever gone to a Tony Robbins event? I did. UPW. Perfect. Right? You go there for four days. You come home. You are like, right? What happens a week after? Two weeks after? Three weeks after? Four weeks after? Two months later? Six months later, what happens? Well, you are probably a super <laughs> achiever, Joyan, but for most people, they go back. 
right? They go back. Why? Because it's the outer journey. It's only focused on as much as you touch a little bit on the, on, around your heart, it's mostly focused on the outer journey, right? That is not sustainable. When I did that approach, like I said to you, I went from depressed and anxious to building my business to seven figures. Amazing outer journey. But my inner journey wasn't help, one isn't healed. My inner journey wasn't understood. My inner journey wasn't, I, I was not the person. I was not home. To go home, you have to do way deeper work. And that's why through shamanism, for me, the work I was able to do just blew everything out. And so combining the two is very powerful, right? Because obviously some things work, but they only work for a long period of time or forever if here is good. If you are happy with who you are, you will achieve everything you want. If you want to achieve whatever and you are not the person you want to be, it's never going to happen. You might achieve but still not be fulfilled or you might achieve and you will break it all down because the, it's unaligned. It's, it's out of balance. And so your inner, inner world will just tear all of that apart because you believe you don't deserve it. Yeah, that's so true. Right. You know, it's not like the either one is it's not like this or that it's like combining the both like what you are doing you know you need the outer yes. journey you also need the inner journey if you just only focus on the inner journey you also have to some sometimes you also have to go to the work the action right? 100%. 100%. yeah you can't sit there and meditate all day long and just wish uh, things to happen you know like magic no absolutely yeah. absolutely and you know yeah. many people do just that what you just said Oh, I am so spiritual. I am so spiritual. I got mala beads. I got I got mala beads. You know, I'm very spiritual. Blah blah blah. Hey, you're spiritual, pseudo spiritual. You're not really spiritual. You're just running away, and you're just bringing on a different identity. And now you're judging the people that you are finding not spiritual. So you're still judging. So you didn't learn anything. But also, you're broke. And you're just wishing for air to bring you the million dollars that you so much want, but you don't find yourself yeah. courageous enough to wanting to buy a nice car and drive around because you think that people will judge you. And so yeah. that is not spirituality. Spirituality is embracing yes. everything, the completeness of the journey, inner, outer, the abundance, the beauty, the things in balance, the Buddha talks, middle path, right? Yeah, in and young, black and white. It's yes. like, yeah, it's, all about balance. Yes, right? I love that. And, and like I said, it's not yellow or brown or black or white, but it's a sphere. It's all kind of shades, all all places. You got an wisdom is wholeness, is the is the oneness. It's wisdom is not one side or the other. Because if I if this is wisdom, I am missing this. Yeah. But if I have this and this, what about what about all of the other things? Yeah. Right? So everything changes. And when we see life like that, automatically, if you see something that you are a part of this bigger thing, not, a, not the defending of one side, 
but you are a part of the whole thing, all of a sudden you can embrace yourself and say, you know what? Okay, I am 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, whatever it is. My life until now has been quite a challenge because of whatever reason. But now I need to stop running. I need to stop being busy just to be busy. And I need to take the moment to really ask myself, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? What, what is, who am I? What am I here to do? Yeah. Right? And, 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 and what are the things that I need to let go of so I can go? Right? It's like most people want to be enlightened, right? Everybody wants to be enlightened. <laughs> and do you want to be enlightenment is very easy, right? Yet it's very hard. Yeah. Why is it easy? Because enlightenment happened the moment you go from this side of the river, you jump into the into the boat, mm. and now you're rowing the boat to the other side of the shore. All you have to do is get out of the boat. That is the hard part. It's not hard to get to the other side. It's hard to get out of the boat and let go of beliefs and things and wishes and anger and all of that stuff. Yeah. That is hard. Yeah. That is hard, right? Yeah. So going from here to there, not hard. Letting go of all of that the identities, the labels, what we believe people should see us for, that is hard, yeah. right? And I guess that's what we all are, are working for. I am not enlightened. Trust me, I'm still in that boat trying to get out of <laughs> So, you know, yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah. So it's still there. But, you know, Joanne, I think life is, you know, I think if enlightenment will be a, a thing like that, like a snap of your fingers, I think it wouldn't be appreciated. Not it wouldn't be possible, but it wouldn't be appreciated, right? Yeah. I think I think enlightenment is is a step-by-step process. Yeah. And if we can enlighten ourselves a little bit more than we were yesterday, that's all we can do. Mm. And that's all that is really needed, right? Yeah. Because Eventually, one day when our time comes, when we can look back at our masterpiece, if we can live with our masterpiece, if we can, if we can look at the masterpiece and, and not want to change anything, you will be ready to let go. If you're looking at the masterpiece and you think, oh, God, I should have. I should have done that. I should have done this. Ah, oh, why did I not do that? Oh, I should have said thank you. Ah, oh, I should have said sorry. Ah, oh. it's going to be a very hard moment. It's really important to live according mm. to who we are, not who we want to pretend to be. Okay. And if there are flaws, yeah, of course. I always say, don't listen to me. I'm full of shit. <laughs> right? I don't worry about me. I'm full of shit. Socrates, which is probably one of the greatest philosophers of all time, he said himself, I know to not know. Mm. Right? It's the moment we realize, man, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. Yeah. Right? I only try to figure this out. Yeah. 
And if I have found something that I can share, great. Otherwise, keep searching. But don't live your life blaming people or the world for why you are not living the life you want to live. Because that is your responsibility. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God, I could talk to you forever. And I love every single word you said. Every single word. I <laughs> I really hope I was able to serve. Definitely. Um, definitely. I know my listeners will love, 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 love this episode. And uh, they are learning so much, you know. And it's somehow it's like a wake up call. You know, you got to wake up. Like, wake up. Like, just yeah. wake up, you know, to life, to yourself mm. and stop running away. And so again, thank you so much for taking your time out. And we always end with final five rapid fire questions. So these are the five questions that I ask all my guests at the end of the show. It has to be answered in one word or one sentence, maximum. Okay. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right. <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yes, the challenge. Um, the first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier? Wow. Patience. Beautiful. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? Love more. Love it. Third question. What is something you're trying to learn or curious about right now? Mm, that's a great question. Wow, that is a great question. <laughs> I'm always... Oh, God, how do I... Uh, that's a great question. I'm hungry for wisdom. Mm. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. The next question, if you have five minutes and the whole world was listening to you, what would you say? I would say sit down and look for that little voice within yourself. And it's going to give you the answers that you're looking for for so long. I love that. It gives me chill. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that. Wow. I need to I need to hear that. The last question is what brings you joy? Right now? You. Anyway. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Being oh able to share, you know, I, I was scared for most of my life to not speak out. I was always trying to be seen. Mm. Um, because I always thought I wasn't worthy. And today especially on a platform like this today, you know, with a person I have no clue and I've never seen, being able to just be me is probably the biggest gift I could give myself. Um, and because of that, I can, I can hopefully serve you and your audience with, you know, without wanting anything in return, really. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for doing what you are doing today. You know, the work you are doing is beautiful. It's life-changing. So I'm sure a lot of people, they want to get to know you more or connect with you or even work with you. So where can I send people to you? Where can people find you online? Yeah, actually, they can go on rodolfodeangeli.com. That's my website, which is being created at the moment because I change platforms. <laughs> I'm creating everything from scratch. Um, they can go there, Instagram, Rodolfo De Angeli, uh, Facebook, I think it's Rodolfo De Angeli dot, uh, but I guess if you did put in Rodolfo De Angeli, they will find me. Guys, so make sure you go follow him, go to his website, you know, uh, listen to his podcast. There's a podcast as well as I'll put all the links in the show below. So make sure you check it out and click the link. And to learn more about what I do and connect with me, follow me on Instagram as well at joanne.chan or visit my website. You can also find the links in the show below. We release every episode, new episode every Wednesday. So 
make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any other episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Thank you again for tuning to Find Joy with Joy and Podcast. If you love and enjoy today's episode, you can help support this podcast in one of three ways. One, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your IG story and tag me at joyan.chan so I can repost and connect with you. Two, share this podcast with a friend or family member. And three, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so we continue to grow and reach more listeners worldwide. And make sure you also subscribe so you don't miss out on any episode coming Wednesday. And my joyful friends, until next time, keep showing up. Success doesn't show up for you until you show up and pursue your own success. Again, thanks for being here and I will see you soon in the next episode.